Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome back, friends, to another edition of Disciple Making. I'm Tim Beadle with my good friend, Darren Ride. And uh, off microphone, we were just chewing the fat about things that we've uh, actually been up to. Uh, for me, in my new role as a pastor of Disciple Maker, I'm trying to help understand uh, or get people to understand that Disciple Making isn't just another sort of thing you do in a church like a program, but it's more of a life- lifestyle. And uh, the, the imagery that I've been working with is is actually the vehicle that, that you um, sort of take during all the other stages. So it isn't like something, well, I'll do this and I'll do this, and then one day I'll become a disciple maker. God has called us to be disciple makers, and the vehicle that we view all aspects of life, our identity, our involvement in the church is done through the lens of disciple making. Uh, so that's what I've been trying to uh, – refine and coalesce in these days. Uh, Darren, what have you been up to? Well, continuing uh, working with our our 12 church group here and rolling out a whole new online portal. And and I've really, we've got a lot of different trainings and and pieces. And we've talked about even a few weeks ago, we talked about how to to begin living on mission, some five steps there. But I've been working on something. My my working title of this project I'm working on, Tim, is called A Missional Living Map. And I suppose, you know, I suppose if you if you press me, I would say, yeah, I guess it's a disciple growth pathway. Uh, but I like the map idea a little bit better. But the question I'm 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 wrestling with and trying to quantify a bit is what has to happen in a person's life to move them from from my what I affectionately call a CCP, a Christian couch potato, <laughs> to, to to someone who's actively involved on mission. And so I've been I've been thinking that through. I've got some ideas laid out. And we're going to be talking about those I think for a few weeks. But the first two things that I've I've landed on Tim and this is really, you know, for for our audience as well. This is you helping me in a way formal, formulate my thinking. Great. The first two things are quite internal and and I I frame this way. I talk about being gospel saturated and then, you know, step beyond that Christ centered and I you know, it's hard to be one without the other. But I, but I've kind of separated them out for for reason, just because I really want it to be anchored in people's souls. And and for me, it starts with this idea of being gospel saturated, which begins obviously with salvation. That's that's where I'm going anyway. Yeah, well, just the term saturated uh, sort of evokes some some imagery as well about uh, being soaked or immersed in something. Uh, do you want to unpack the uh, gospel saturated? Uh, umbrella there for sure. us today. Yeah. Well, well, for those of us who are churched, uh, you know, really one of the biggest challenges for churched people is moving from works to grace, yeah. both for salvation, and, and some of us do that okay, but then we live in this works performance mindset because we don't fully understand the gospel. We don't fully understand that there is nothing we can do to earn God's favor right. and nothing we can do that can disqualify us from his grace. Amen. And so, well, we may say, hey, I'm saved by grace through faith. We try then to live the Christian life and works. And, and you know, Paul addresses some of that in, in the letters. He, you know, hits it in Romans, really hits it in Galatians, uh, you know, living it out. So to be gospel saturated means I'm, I love the concept of rest, that I'm resting in the finished work of Christ and that my, my following of him comes from that. Um, you know, 
Jeff Vanderstel has his book, Gospel Fluency, that really talks about how, how the gospel can shape our language and our communication and the way the gospel impacts every aspect of our lives. Uh, you know, for me, it really comes down to, as a Christian, I know I'm saved by grace through faith. But as I'm going along, you know, in my, in my following, I can slide into that performance mentality. And, and I can think that there's things I've got to do. And to be gospel-saturated means the gospel is so internalized that I, that I just don't go there anymore. That we yeah, understand the gospel. We understand it's not the law. We understand it's not works. We understand that Christ dealt with it all. That the yeah. cross is complete, and that yeah. that it just shapes everything. The way we look at the world, the way we look at our successes and our failures. Yeah. So the gospel saturated that becomes our default setting, and and, and that that's that's the thing when we come to Christ. It's like we get rebooted. You know, in the old days, let's get that hard drive out and put the new one in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the new and the new operating system is one that operates out of grace, not works. Lest any man boast, um, and so we have to be reminded to go back to that because just perennially in our life, uh, this side of heaven, everything that we get is rewarded because of the work that we do, uh, the production output. Whereas yeah. God uh, doesn't work like that at all. Yeah, well, and it it filters into you know not that we're trusting our works to save us, no, but but we might be trusting our works to gain us favor, and more than that. We might be trusting our performance to give us our value, <laughs> you know, and then that's, yeah. I, I can illustrate easy from a pastoral standpoint where there are stages in my life where my, my attitude or my sense of well-being was directly correlated with Sunday morning attendance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like yeah. where, where, where you, you have the sense of, of responsibility and maybe not just responsibility, but almost sense of control that is because of you or not. And so those ministry performance things impact yeah. your self-esteem. And to me, that is not gospel saturated. That's the opposite of living in the gospel. Yeah, it is. To totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're gospel saturated, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and, we have to, and we have to work at it. We, this is something, you know, in, in our relationship with Jesus, uh, and I spoke about this uh, in a uh, former podcast, you know, in terms of friendship with Jesus, he does so much for us. And we have to make sure in terms of our side of the friendship, it isn't just receiving everything from God, his grace, his goodness, his faithfulness, his mercy. Uh, we got to step up and, and uh, we, we got to pay the price of being a friend with Jesus. And part of that is to be gospel saturated. I really believe that. Yeah. Um, it, it, that that's what makes uh, a mature relationship with Jesus and, and, and a robust friendship as well is that we get it. But then we, like, like I love these acronyms. We no longer are a CCP, a Christian couch potato. Uh, in the past, I've talked about an SOB, a spiritually obese uh, believer. Uh, but Same uh, idea, really, uh, isn't it? Yeah. It's exactly the same idea, yeah. So, okay. So uh, when we get this, we practice it, and, and it becomes a natural default. Uh, what would be the next uh, stage or step in our uh, pathway but what has yeah. to happen in our lives, Darren? Yeah, and I, I see this as, as a bit of a spectrum. And this next one, built being Christ-centered, obviously is not a whole different category from being gospel-saturated. You know, yeah. the gospel is about Jesus. You know, Christ, without Jesus, there's no gospel. And yeah. But for me, Christ-centeredness goes now to our orientation of 
of the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about what we're doing, the way we think about, about history. And I've kind of, you know, again, in my own thinking to try to get a grip on it and communicate what it means, I've, I've kind of separated out into four different layers or facets of Christ-centeredness. And, uh, the, the first layer for me is, is basically my life and my action, my planning, you know, the way I live is Christ-centered. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. Um, Today, I want to do what Jesus wants me to do. It's about, you know, it's about living in his will and doing the right thing. Not, you know, not if I'm gospel saturated, not to earn his favor, but just because it's the right thing to do in following him. That I think about Jesus and the way I go about my day. That's, that's kind of, for me, that's the starting point. It's not insignificant. That's, that's a big deal for people to get to that stage. Yeah. And and if you don't get this one, if you're just an inch off going in the wrong direction, sort of same direction, but off a little bit, uh, you don't end up in the place where we want to end up. So yeah. uh, when you were describing that, uh, the, the word imitation mm. uh, just jumped up. You know, we, 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 and also in Hebrews, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus. That, that word fix, it's like the, uh, the old Star Trek, the tractor beams. You're, you're just locked into Jesus. What would Jesus do? What would he, he want mm. me to think? And, uh, and uh, he, he sets the pace and we follow. And so... That's what it means to be a follower, <laughs> following someone else. And being a disciple of Jesus is that we follow Jesus and it becomes an ingrained uh, default setting as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so in a way, this, again, it's not about works, but <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's about our outward way of living, the way we're yeah. going about our life as a following. But, but for me, there's another level to that, that honestly took me a long time to figure out. But this, for a lot of people, this does change the way they think about the Christian life. And it's, it's understanding that God's primary purpose for us, once we're, quote, saved, once yeah. we've come to faith, like, what is God up to in our life? His His goal for us is to make us like Jesus in character. That's right. Not just, you know, doing Jesus things, which is important, but that character transformation. I just, I, I, I just finished uh, doing a transitional uh, pastorate in a church, and they've got a new pastor started. Things are excellent there. But a lot of times in those in those roles, I will ask that question a lot during my preaching. What is God's primary purpose for you once you're saved? And a lot of times yeah. there's silence or a few guesses, and, and I give the answer. And then a few weeks later, I'll ask the same question. And yeah. on my last Sunday, I asked the question again, and I said, okay, okay. I said, you've got to answer this or I can't leave. That's <laughs> right. has to be locked in. And I asked the question again, what's the primary purpose once you're saved? And someone said to make us like Jesus. I said, good, I, my work here is done. I can go now. But that's a huge issue, Tim, to understand that because it explains a lot of what happens or doesn't happen in our life. You know, yeah. it really, God captures everything that hits us to make us more like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Usually we... We try to just live the same and sort of tack a, a, a Jesus uh, sort of logo on our life to identify with him without, again, it, it's the general direct operating system is mm. changed. So now we, we, we're no longer self-thinking, we're Jesus thinking. it, and, and for him to be centered, it means to be centered in everything, you know, our mm-hmm. thoughts, our actions, but mostly in our character that, uh, I don't know, uh, the way you dress, the uh, movies you go to, the shows you watch. Who do you want to become like? If we ask that mm. to a younger generation, they would easily, for the guys, you would probably be a sports figure. I remember years and years ago, Wayne Gretzky used to tuck part of his jersey uh, 
down the side of his pants. And all of a sudden, all these kids and all, all the uh, hockey rinks around North America are doing it. Why? Because that's what Wayne did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what you're saying is, is that uh, in terms of uh, being Christ-centered in character from the inside out, is that not only do we want to be like Jesus, but we truly want to be like Jesus. Yeah. So, so our identity mirrors his. And uh, it isn't that you lose your your own identity or personality, because I think God kind of likes that because he's created us. Mm-hmm. But the central operating system is that uh, uh, we see Jesus as our model for living. His way of life is our goal. Uh, someone said, patient and kind and forgiving under the Spirit's control. There's a whole song out there, you know, you are my pattern for living and transform mm-hmm. me, Lord. Uh, but we need to be brought back to that. I, I, I'm glad you had the uh, gift of persistence in, in that uh, transitional assignment before you left, because it's just not another passing thought. This is something that needs to penetrate deep into our heart and especially into our mind, uh, because, uh, you know, in, in Romans 12, we're transformed how? By the renewing of our mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's obviously it starts in the heart, but it has to make it up to our mind. And that settles it. Is, is that, okay, we want to be like Jesus, so let's act and uh, follow him along the way. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's excellent on that, Tim. You know, the, the third layer I have in these four layers of what it means to be Christ-centered, to me, this, this one's a little bit abstract. And maybe I would even say, as we're, we're deliberating on here, maybe it's a bit of a weak point. Uh, out of the four, and maybe it won't make the final cut <laughs> when I do my my process here. But it's really about our communication. Yeah. That that what we're communicating and what we're pointing people to as a solution to their issues is Jesus Christ. So let me let me try to make this concrete. A lot of times, uh, and maybe you've seen this in in a small group, someone will ask for prayer, and what they'll get is advice. Okay. And every now and then in groups that I'm in, I will give the speech that when somebody asks for prayer, they're actually asking for prayer. They're mm-hmm. asking for God's intervention in their life, not advice. That if you have something relevant advice-wise, feel free to do that, you know, but, but recognize they're asking for prayer. And so that that in my communication, I'm pointing people to Jesus. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, uh, you know, again, try to make it concrete. Someone asks for prayer for a medical condition and someone starts giving dietary advice. Yeah. Okay. Again, I'm not, I don't want to, it's hard to say this without seeming kind of grumpy and crotchety, but there's a difference. Yeah. That that what we need is connection with God, not just for the physical, but, but on every level. And so uh, that we point when people come to us with their issues and their challenges, yes, there's wisdom in day-to-day life, but that Christ is the lack in so many of the situations. Mm-hmm. Um that that what a lot of people need is 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 a connection with the person of Christ that we um as preachers if we're preaching Jesus needs to show up no matter what we're preaching on you bet. if i'm sharing my story with someone Jesus needs to show up in some way because it's not about me i didn't pull myself up by my bootstraps yeah. in a way this is a big overlap with that gospel saturatedness probably yep. you know that that's kind of the way i see it and again i don't know if it's enough of a, a distinction to have its own layer but to me it it becomes this more this outward manifestation of Christ-centeredness, where yeah. we're where we're actually verbally pointing people to Jesus. I think the the whole connotation of being saturated in the gospel carries with it something that happens to us mm-hmm. uh, by God's grace. I think um, 
Christ-centered is more something that we have to make a decision uh, to identify with him. You had mentioned earlier that uh, everything that happens to us, mm. good, bad, ugly, is always used by God for his purpose to make us more yeah. like Jesus. So, so therefore, if you're not Christ-centered, uh, you won't be aligned properly. And I don't know about you, but have you ever driven a car that, that doesn't have its front wheels aligned properly? It's a pretty bumpy ride. But that's, well, I, that's I had happened. a pickup that was so bad, Tim, it burned the front tire right off and blew up. <laughs> okay, lesson learned, lesson learned. Uh, but in our spiritual life, it, it can be a bumpy ride simply because we aren't aligned properly with Jesus. Uh, yeah. We aren't centered in him. Uh, we still want him to be a passenger and, uh, and not really the one taking the wheel and giving direction by his Holy Spirit, of course. Mm. Uh, but we, we need to have that. I know once uh, uh, I had the, the, the image of a bicycle built for two. And um, mm. uh, to be Christ-centered is to allow him to be in the front and we're holding on for, for all we're worth on the back. And, and uh, we're pedaling fast and we're trying not to keep the brakes on when he's trying to pedal. But he's, he's the one who steers. He's the one who directs. He's the one who leads. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of us, to be Christ-centered means we have to get out of that front seat and allow him uh, to lead on. Mm. And then uh, if you really learn the lesson, uh, automatically you're going to follow where he goes because you're in this together. Yeah. And in terms of disciple-making, it, it's just not a mission he sends us on. He, he commissions us with him because mm. this is what he's all about as well, right? So. Yeah, oh, that's that's a, that's an excellent explanation. Uh, final layer, Tim, I'll, I'll get into that. This one actually excites me. This is as big a realization for people sometimes is the idea that he wants to make us like Jesus in character, not just about our conduct. And this is about basically understanding that history only makes sense, can only be interpreted, can only be lived out through the lens of who Jesus is and how he fits into that. That right. that that history. Where where the world's come from, where it's going, the present reality, it's about him. I, I think back to the opening line of the old Purpose Driven Life book from Rick Warren. Yeah. It's not about you. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's so important that when we look at history, we look at what's going on right now. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the outworking of God's plan. And at the center of God's plan is the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And when we try to understand the world, we we need to do it from the, from the place of Christ-centeredness. Or the, or the lens of looking at the world, the history through through Jesus Christ, and and for me again personally, maybe that's why it's a big deal for me. That's a big piece to to yeah. to take a step back and overlay all of history with with how does this relate or not to the person of Jesus, and it changes your orientation. I mean, there's a lot going on in the news right now, Tim, as you know, in yep. the Middle East yeah. and the economy yeah. here and there and everywhere, and it's like. When you when you look at it all from a Christ-centered perspective, it doesn't fix everything, but it sure yeah. changes how you interpret it and how you respond to it. Yeah, when you think uh, Jesus, you know, fully God, fully man, fully God, immutable, he does not change. And therefore, he can be a reference point uh, for the orientation of your life, your spiritual development, mm. your walk, because he will always be. It's sort of like having um, uh, the true north on your compass, you use it as a reference to align yourself to, to get going in the right direction. Mm. And uh, just as you're sharing all these things, uh, number one, I, I appreciate this approach because this isn't about doing, it's about being. Mm. Uh, and most of us want to, because we're doers, um, it helps us to slow down and, and stop and look inside rather than always try to fix things outside of ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not that we have to fix things inside, because this is the work of the God's Holy Spirit. <laughs> this is what he does when we're when yeah. we're gospel-saturated and when we're Christ-centered. Uh, we get in alignment, and it doesn't make life any easier, but it makes it more meaningful, because we, we have a purpose now that we can follow. And, uh, yeah, yeah, th- this is really good stuff, Darren. Oh, thanks, Tim. Yeah, and, and no for problem. me, again, I think these are so foundational because before we even think about going out on mission, I think we need to personally be anchored in the gospel and in our identity and, and yeah. with the right reference point of Jesus being being Christ-centered. Yeah. You know, yeah. to me, that's that's the foundation. If we go out to try to share the, quote, gospel without being yeah. gospel-saturated, we're going to win people to something maybe a little bit shaky, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, when you think of the, the different word pictures in the New Testament that we are given— uh, and try to emulate, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, salt, live as light. Uh, the, the one that I, I'm sort of really picking up on today, basically, is, is what it means to be an ambassador for Christ. Mm. Uh, someone who represents the homeland, as it were. Uh, yeah. And I think if we are to really uh, take seriously what you're saying here, uh, we truly become more ambassadors. Because before we start going with this uh, message of reconciliation, uh, we're centered in the message and the truth that will set people free, but set them free to what? And it's right. to Jesus. We are we are gospel-saturated and we're Christ-centered. Amen. Amen yeah. to that. Yeah. No, I think that's an excellent place, excellent place yeah. to land. Yeah. And I would just, you know, encourage our, our listeners. Again, this is a growth area. I think it's, in a way, for me, I, I can find myself going away from, you know, the gospel, away from Christ-centeredness. Well, then the call is the same as to repent, believe, and follow again, right? To get exactly. back on track and embrace what he's done for us and rest in it and then do all of our works from the place of rest exactly. <laughs> that we're not earning in favor, that it's because him and for him. And to me, that just that just changes the entire way we live our lives and even look at the world. Yeah, and, and also uh, we do it with him. And uh, we're glad that you're with us on this podcast, Darren and Tim, another edition of Disciple Making. Please join us along the way as the Lord continues to speak into our lives, how we can better follow him to make disciples who make disciples. Have a great week. Amen. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.